Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts always be acceptable in thy sight, for thou art our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I have to confess to you that as I was looking at the text today, I was um, a little bit disappointed at first that I had to give the state of the congregation, the state of the church address, because the scripture texts are so rich today, um, and I'm tempted to preach a sermon in addition to the address, but I won't do that. However, uh, I'd ask your participation for the beginning of my address. I'm going to say, unless the Lord builds the house, and your response is, those who build it labor in vain. Okay? Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds the house, I have another verse um, as well that I just ask you to listen to. That's the one we just said is Psalm 127. The second one is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. St. Paul writes, Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What do houses, stones, Babies, what do those things all have to do with one another? They're all used as imagery in the scriptures for us, for us as babies to approach God's word, pure, longing. As you know, I have a, not as newborn, but she's uh, still about six months, almost seven months, and Bridget, and, and she goes crazy when she sees a bottle. I mean, she doesn't know to do anything else, and no one taught her this, but the hands go out, and she starts whining until Leah and I give her the bottle, and as soon as she gets it, she clamps it and shoves it into her mouth. That is the imagery that Scripture is giving us, that St. Paul's giving us to, talk, to think about God's Word, to think about the pure spiritual milk, as he says, when we come to church. Our hearts should leap in us every Sunday when we hear the word read from the lectern, when we hear it expounded upon from the pulpit. It's a wonderful thing. And we're fed by it, aren't we? Paul says that we've tasted that the Lord is good. And we come to him to be built up, 
to mature in our salvation. That's an interesting concept, right? To mature in our salvation. That kind of indicates that salvation isn't just hell insurance, right? It's not just getting out of the punishment, but it's to grow up into a stature, to have the stature of a Christian, to continue to grow. Well, as I said, I'm tempted to launch into a sermon, but I'll restrain myself. The state of Lakewood Anglican is very strong. Very strong. Here, as we enter into our sixth year as a congregation, I look around and I see lots of things going well. Ministries thriving. Finances increasing. Numbers increasing. People being cared for. The gospel being proclaimed. And I am called today to speak to the health of Lakewood Anglican, and I don't have to stretch anything. You know, there's times in a congregational address where you really want to up the, the good things that went on in the last year and kind of downplay the not-so-good things that went on. That's not the case this year. That's not the case this year. I see lots of discipleship going on. In my 2019 goals, which you probably don't remember because I didn't until I looked at the report again, we looked and focused on discipleship. We said that 2019 was going to be a time of finishing structure to enable ministry. So that's the first point that I want to address. Structure and administration, excuse me, is never finished, but changing and shifting all the time. However, the trick with the church is to be flexible enough to change the structure to enable ministry while at the same time keeping a permanency to what you're doing. So I'm sure we've all been to churches at one point or another in our lives where the pastor is kind of doing the ministry du jour right? The thing of the day. And you don't see any integration of what's going on, right? Maybe you have, hopefully you haven't experienced that. I know I have. Um, sometimes I've even been guilty of it. And that's not the case here at Lakewood Anglican in the last five years. We have set a solid trajectory of where we want to go of where we believe the Lord is leading us, more importantly. First of all, the Mission Council is transitioning into a vestry. And the Mission Council started off here at Lakewood Anglican as everything. Unpaid staff, communications, website design, administration, spiritual advisors, publicity, diaconal work, the list goes on and on. You name it, Mission Council did it. But now they're beginning to play their role as a vestry, as the temporal oversight of the congregation in cooperation with the rector, which is how our governance works. They're developing special handbooks now for their positions so that they can transition out of that role and pass along the ministry to their successors, whomever that may be. Mrs. Carol Meliser has been indispensable in her leadership as our vicar's warden, and has allowed 
our organization to advance as I delegate things proper to a senior warden to her. So I become freer for ministry of different types. Number two, we've worked on effective administration of staff. In the Anglican polity or governance, the rector, or the vicar in our case, is tasked with the proper order and administration of all church staff, whether employed or volunteers. But this responsibility does, does not always bring good administration. Boy, that's true, huh? The staff grew in 2019, and I have to confess that the administration did not keep up, and that falls squarely on me. We had things fall through the cracks. We had ministries stagnate at one point, and it needed to be addressed. I have to say that I'm in great debt to Mrs. Nicole Shedden for assisting me in restructuring the position of my administrative assistant. I don't know what I would have done without your help, Nicole. And you deserve to be called out for that help. Thank you. In uh, consultation with the wardens, we decided to make a move and change our administrative assistant. And I've hired this year Mrs. Lauren Hurley as the position of administrative assistant. But she doesn't just serve me, she serves the congregation. And so much of our effectiveness depends on her ability to organize and help me plan for the parish. It's already made a tremendous improvement. I've grown in my capacity to manage clergy and staff generally as we're putting in place rotations and communication for worship and pastoral care. You might have noticed that those up front have increased a little bit over the course of the past year, both lay and clergy. We're now blessed to have a deacon and two assistant priests. And we're putting them to work. We're putting ourselves to work to further the kingdom and to help you in your ministry, which is our job. Point number three, the solidification of lay catechist duties. Over the course of 2019, the lay catechists have grown in leadership skills and spiritual life. For those of you that are wondering, our lay catechists are those lay people in the church who are lay leaders, who are each responsible for a division of the parish geography. So we have three different divisions called fellowships, and we have lay leadership over each section. So we're is that coming from? We talked last at annual uh, meeting last year about pouring into people. And one of the things that I'm hoping that you see here is that this pouring into people in discipleship has really, really helped our growth as a church. It's given us bench depth, as it were, so that I could go away for some paternity leave and not worry about the church's ministry ceasing to be. In fact, in some ways, it was better. I wondered if I should have stayed away. Finally, we've had leadership in Sunday ministries grow. From having a uh, liturgics committee, which now plans ahead for all of the things that we do together as a body to glorify God, to involving more people up front here. We used to be just a lector and the priest, and now you see acolytes, lectors, subdeacons, people helping 
walking out their faith in the service, which is what the service is supposed to look like. It's not just for show. It's not just for decoration. It's not just to be fancy. It's that we each play our part in the body of Christ. And, for example, Phil, being a lector today, represents you as the laity proclaiming the word of God. Did you ever think about liturgy that way? Again, another sermon I'll shelve for now. Discipleship was our focus last year, and discipleship and character has really paid off. I asked you to reflect last year on four different questions. Number one, who is my mentor in spiritual knowledge and status?
Sometimes they get called Bible studies. Sometimes they're called fellowship groups. But the point is the same. They are missional communities of seven to 12 people, those subdivisions of the congregation that come together and do ministry. Sometimes they're led by a lay catechist. Sometimes they're led by somebody else. There are so many of these missional communities in formation here at Lakewood Anglican that it's hard to keep track of them sometimes. Some are at my initiation, but some are at, at your initiation. And that's a wonderful thing. And I would, I would say, I would hope that all of them are at the Holy Spirit's initiation. As we continue here at Lakewood Anglican, one of the things we said from the beginning was that we were not going to plant a service. We were going to plant a church. What do I mean by that? Well, it's really easy, particularly for we Anglicans, to come and bring our prayer books, hang our shingle outside, say, come on in, we're having the service, and do nothing else. But all that does is it gets a bunch of baby Christians together that aren't learning from one another and maybe worshiping together, but it hinders their capacity to do what they're supposed to do. So we said from the beginning that we were going to focus on that mid-level of discipleship and community. And I think that's going strong. Incidentally, when you focus on your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with a couple other people, it builds the service. It builds the team of worshipers. It makes for a dynamic worship service on Sunday. It's the way to do it because it's biblical, frankly. And we've seen that explode in a good way. It's been a consistent goal. And I would say that we've had much success in it and continue to. Finally, here are some 2019 ministry highlights. One of the things that Father Gene Sherman of Christ Church West Shore and I often talk about is, would the community miss you if your church ceased to exist tomorrow? It's a good question to ask once in a while. Would the community miss you if the church just disappeared tomorrow? I've seen some wonderful things. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but let me just share a few with you. Here are some things that you, Lakewood Anglican, have done over the past year. You've helped moving congregation members and those that aren't from the congregation. You've been consistent in collecting and offering prayers, again, for those in the congregation and those outside of the congregation. You've assisted with paying utilities, using the discretionary fund, and funding the discretionary fund. These new altar hangings and others that we see have come from the hands of our members. New Eucharistic vestments have been made to the glory of God. A liturgics committee is planning now and hopefully including as many as possible in the work of the people on Sunday morning. We've rejoiced at new life, in birth and baptisms. We've mourned together with those who have lost loved ones and lost some of our own loved ones here. We've honored the dead 
And again, interestingly, we get people at our All Souls Day service, not just from this congregation, but from other congregations and from no congregation. What a ministry. You've anointed and prayed and visited with those who are sick. You've given comfort and reassurance to those who have approached death. You've shared the good news of forgiveness to those who are trapped in their sins. You've given out thousands of cups of hot chocolate to those that light up Lakewood, along with an invitation to come meet the real light of our life. You've helped those in need, connecting them with nonprofits and other agencies. You've helped people not be evicted, not lose their homes because of your generosity. You've assisted families escaping persecution. You've supported legal immigrants in their desire to come to the United States as a sponsor. You've been stewards of all of the sources given to us. Mr. Oni Irene, who is no longer with us because he moved to Texas, created a new system of finance for this church, which has been very helpful. You've taught and helped people who need assistance with their budgeting and finances. You've given hope and support to those who suffer with chronic illness and whose lives have gotten very dark. You've cared for and helped a missionary by the name of Peter Franz restart and relaunch his ministry. You've cleaned and organized this physical space cleaning windows, wiping down pews. You've proclaimed God's love to those whose religions do not teach it. You've had Muslim visitors at our services here because of your invitations and conversations. The continual feeding, inspiring, and equipping of God's people goes on at Lakewood Anglican in word and sacrament. And that is no small thing. If we were to disappear, if Lakewood Anglican would cease to exist, you would be missed. Not just by our own, but by those outside of our congregation. Looking ahead at 2020, where are we? Well, I believe we're positioned for growth. One of the marks of a healthy congregation is the constant giving away of ministry. And what does that mean? Well, it means getting more people involved and taking a step back from the ministry that you started with so that you can move on to another. As I said earlier, we see this happening constantly. It's a type of mentorship, a chain of ministry that gets passed down from person to person. We call this discipleship. We're positioned for growth because we have that in place. We're positioned for growth because the clergy and the office is positioned for growth. In the body of Christ, though we're all important, no one is irreplaceable. And this is good news. It means that while each of us has a piece of the burden, it doesn't lie entirely on any one of us. God has been showing me this with our clergy who are assisting me in so many ways. My new administrative assistant, Lauren, has been incredibly helpful in organizing my time. And so as we've grown as a congregation, we're changing some procedures and protocols. The biggest change is that Lauren is now organizing my calendar and handling my communications. 
She's keeping regular office hours, Tuesday through Friday, 9 through 3 o'clock. And while it seems counterintuitive, talking to her about my schedule and putting yourself on my calendar through her gives you more quality time with me instead of texting me directly and having a, a haphazard conversation that way. So I encourage you, I'm more available than ever, email Lauren and she'll put you on my calendar and we'll get together. We're positioned for growth. Finally, maybe most importantly, this year as I was praying back in October, I was asking the Lord, what was it that he wanted us to focus on in 2020? And this message kept coming back to me. I want you to focus on evangelism. I want you to focus on evangelism. Now, I have to admit that, that that was a little daunting for me. I don't like the E word. Just, that's just not naturally who I am. Um, but he kept calling me to it. And we've had years where we focus on outreach here. We've had years where we focus on discipleship here. But he's calling us specifically to go forth and make disciples to evangelize, to proclaim the good news. You've heard that through the last few sermons. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Jesus commands us to do it. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, I'm sure you're familiar with. He says, as he goes up to the right hand of the Father, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end the age. Why don't we do it? We talked about that at Mission Council Retreat. We all struggle with it. Sometimes we honestly don't know how to communicate and unpack this vast knowledge that we have of our faith. Sometimes we're afraid. We fear that we'll say the wrong thing or use the wrong method or, you know, turn people off somehow. We're going to be working on all three levels of evangelism this year at the individual level, the fellowship level, and the parish level. And for each level, evangelism begins with one thing. Do you know what that is? Prayer. That's right, prayer. Because who makes converts? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That should be a huge relief to you. It is the Holy Spirit that draws people to Jesus Christ. It is only our job, only our job, to proclaim faithfully who God is. We're not responsible for the results, friends. We're only responsible for the proclamation. And so we're going to look at that this year. How do we work that into our missional communities and our fellowships? How do we work that into our individual conversations? How do we work that into our parish life? After Easter, one of the things we're going to be doing here is running a program called Alpha. Maybe some of you have heard of it before. It's a great program. It actually goes back to the mid-70s, but it's been updated and renewed. Uh, we're going to be running that here in the fellowship hall downstairs every Sunday from 4 to 6 after Easter. And we're going to invite our friends. Again, maybe... Lots of people will come. Maybe nobody will come. But you know what? We're going to put our effort into this 
as well as other things, to be obedient in proclaiming the word of God and inviting people to come to know and love Jesus. And then we're going to leave it in the Holy Spirit's hands. In addition to this, there's lots of things going on organically. The International Women's Tea is making headway, building relationships with all sorts of people. Evangelism comes with relationship, but it comes with the boldness of sharing the gospel. So if that's scary to you, as it is to me, let's learn together. Let's work on this together. Let's focus on how we can proclaim the love of Christ succinctly together so that people can come and share our faith so that they can know Jesus the way that we know Jesus and experience that peace that he brings. Would you please pray with me? If you pray the Book of Common Prayer and do evening prayer, you pray this prayer every day. O God and Father of all, whom the whole heavens adore, let the whole earth also worship you. All nations obey you. All tongues confess and bless you. And men, women, and children everywhere love you and serve you in peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.